Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch radio show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show on tap for you. We actually are out of the series that we have been doing with our partner, Agreco, a global leader powering the energy sector. But before we bring on our guest for today, which is our resident energy expert, David Blackman, will be joining us for this show. I want to talk about our latest issue of Shell Magazine quickly. Our cover is Kathy Lane, who is the CEO of Suncoast Resources, Inc. I'd like to encourage our listeners to go to shellmag.com, click on the latest issue of Shell Magazine and learn all about Kathy. Uh, and one of the things that really um, makes me so proud to have her on our cover is the fact that this is our issue that's dedicated to the women in the energy industry. And so there's a lot of profiles on a lot of women that are just really going out there and doing some dynamic things. I'd also uh, encourage you guys, we are having our annual State of Energy in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas on August 29th. Come on down to Corpus Christi, enjoy a little bit of the sea breeze and learn a lot about oil and gas. Um, we are currently right now looking for sponsors and of course ticket sales uh, are going. It will be a sold out event. So if you're interested in coming to Corpus Christi on August 29th and being a part of Shell Magazine's State of Energy and learning all about what's going on in the Corpus Christi area as well as the Permian Basin area, I encourage you to visit shellmag.com, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com to uh, learn more and of course purchase tickets to attend. You know, our show airs in all markets in Texas, uh, primarily in Houston and Austin, San Antonio, Permian Basin area, Corpus Christi. And um, one of, uh, there's a nonprofit out there called Future of the Region of South Texas. It actually is covering 47 counties in South Texas that they look at what is in the best interest for South Texas in areas of transportation, water, oil and gas, border issues, you name it. And this year, their conference will be held in Laredo on September 12th at the Texas A&M International University Student Center. I encourage you, if you want to be involved, if you're living in South Texas, this is a conference for you. Um, And I truly hope that you will get involved. If you um, want to make a difference in where you're living, this is the conference for you to attend. But for more information, visit Future Region stx.org and i hope to see you there but now it's time to bring on our resident energy expert and editor of shell magazine david blackman david welcome hey happy to be here it's another beautiful day in texas it's so hot it's so (laughs) hot hot. it's it's definitely hot i wonder if it's an indication of what's to come this summer because it's gotten hot very quickly from oh my goodness i hate to hate to even think about it getting any worse well you know david i want to talk to you briefly about you know we we this past couple of shows were working on a project with agreco one of our our partners in shell magazine and uh, it was it was kind of uh, designed to help the energy 
industry uh, become better understood by the masses and uh, some of the types of projects that Agreco is working on on helping the energy sector become way more efficient. And uh, we just concluded it. And so now I'm kind of excited that while we got to do this uh, six piece segment with them, uh, an educational segment, now it's time to move on to some uh, great guests. So we will be having uh, our uh, railroad commissioner back on here soon. And uh, we'll have Omar Garcia. He's scheduled to come on next week into studio. So I just kind of wanted to go over what we had been working on because I know a lot of our listeners are like, well, why every week are we talking about a Greco? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's a, that's a really important subject because people don't, a lot of people don't understand that, that electricity for an EMP company for the upstream part of the business is probably their biggest lease operating expense. For, for pretty much every upstream company. And so becoming more efficient in, in how you get your power and, and, and how you power your equipment is a huge subject for, for, for the upstream part of the industry and really downstream and midstream too. Right. And, you know, I don't think that as a whole, we necessarily think as a, as a community that we don't quite understand. It's not we're not drilling in these cities or you don't see these rigs in, in, in your city. You see them out in rural areas, which they are always very, uh, it's a problem to get any type of product when you're way, way out in the boondocks. And so it this really is, is, and without that, we have no oil and gas. So it is an important topic to try to understand how does it get into play, if you will, in these rural areas. And so uh, I was excited to, to do a, a, a learning segment with them six series uh, when they came to us I thought it was a great idea so but I am glad that we are now concluded with that and we can move on to uh, talking a little bit about some politics and stuff which is normally what we you and I like to do is talk a little bit about what's happening in the oil and gas and on the political scene but I wanted to uh, talk about Eagle Ford because it seems to be heating up again. And you've started something new in Shell Magazine called the Shale Splainers, <laughs> uh, which I just love that name. Uh, but this week, you predicted that in the Shale Splainer that the Eagle Ford is going to be picking up the second yeah. half of the year. So tell me, why do you think that? What What, what is your research showing? Yeah, it's a combination of things. Uh, first, you have this issue in the Permian Basin um, with a shortage of, of pipeline supply capacity uh, to get oil and natural gas out of that basin to market. And what, what's happening is that the companies that don't have firm transportation reserved on some of these pipelines are, are getting hit with very, very high transportation costs and having to find alternatives to pipeline transportation for their liquids. Um, and so what they're realizing a much lower price for their product than they would if they were producing, you know, drilling wells somewhere else. And so a lot of these companies drill in, in both the Permian and Eagle Ford and, and other parts of the country. And, and so I think what's probably going to happen the second half of the year because of that blowout in transportation costs for some of them is a lot of these companies, when they do their second half reevaluations or their drilling budgets, which all these companies do, uh, they'll reallocate some of the capital that they were planning to drill Permian Basin wells with and reallocate it to the Eagle Ford or Bakken or Scoop Stack or wherever else they have drilling opportunities. Uh, you know, and, and I just think that, you know, the Eagle Ford probably is positioned 
to be one of the biggest beneficiaries of that. Uh, and so I don't think, you know, I'm not saying that right now the rig count in Eagle Ford's somewhere between 85 and 90 as of this week. And, uh, you know, four or five years ago, early 2014, we had more than 250 rigs running in the Eagle Ford region. So I'm not saying it's going to go back to that level. But it wouldn't surprise me at all to see another 20, 30 rigs get activated down there in South Texas here in the second half of the year, you know, and that's uh, that's a lot of additional jobs and money coming into the area. You had another shell splainer earlier this week, and you were talking about the news media overstating the threat of these electric vehicles to gas powered cars. And so I'm wondering, do you think that um, the electric car will someday soon replace the gas-powered cars that we all enjoy? Well, I think they probably will eventually, although even that's not certain. But eventually might mean 80 to 100 years from now. Oh, uh, we, <laughs> okay. we had There was an article uh, over the weekend that talked, you know, made a great big deal about uh, a projection by the International Energy Administration. Uh, that electric vehicles were going to eat displace 2.5 million barrels per day of crude oil demand between now and the year 2030. Okay, so over the next 12 years, uh, there's going to be 2.5 million barrels of oil per day less consumed because of the growth of electric vehicles. Now, that sounds like a lot until you put that into context. And the context is, that current crude demand right now is almost 100 million barrels a day. So you're talking about 2.5% of current demand. And by 2030, just given current growth levels and the expected growth levels between now and 2030, it's going to be 125 million barrels a day. So you're talking about, you know, less than 2%, of, I mean, less just 10% of the growth between now and 2030 in oil demand. So it's not it sounds like a lot, but it's not. Right. Yeah, it, it sounds like it's a big threat, but it's not. Right. But it's not. <laughs> well, and, and, and what people have to remember is that the population is going to grow. It's going to keep growing. Demand for crude oil is going to keep growing because economies in the second and third world countries want to grow as well. And that the only way pe- for people in those countries to get out of the poverty they currently live in is to have cheap and affordable fuel. And whether we like it or not, whether anybody likes it or not, gasoline is the cheapest affordable transportation fuel on the market and will continue to be. So that's why demand for gasoline is just going to continue to grow over the next you know, 40, 50 years probably. And with that, David, we do have to take a quick break. But when we return, I'd like to get on the topic of crude oil and natural gas exports with you. You are listening to In the Wall Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. In the Oil Patch Radio Show is proud to bring you this week's Energy Minute, produced by shalemag.com. Here's Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your current industry update. This is Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your Energy Minute. U.S. crude inventories showed an unexpected rise last week, as reported yesterday by the EIA. Analysts had expected a fall of 1.3 million barrels, but actual results showed a 2.1 million barrel increase. In other news, sources have said that the United States has formally but quietly asked 
OPEC producers to increase production by 1 million barrels per day in response to rising gasoline prices. The rare specificity of this request and the inventory report put downward pressure on crude prices, but a report that Venezuela may be seeking force majeure as it cannot meet its contracted supplies held off a major price drop. WTI ended the day down 52 cents to close at $65.01 per barrel. This is Ryan Sitton, and that's your Energy Minute. Listen to In the Oil Patch Radio and keep up with the oil and gas industry online at shalemag.com. From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double drop gravity fed discharge system is trailer mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800-231-8198. Again, that number is 800-231-8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and our guest today is editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, um, before the break, we were talking about your Shell splainers and discussing the electric car versus the gas-powered cars. And uh, I, I guess the only question that I have is, are you familiar with the uh, electric batteries that these cars use and how much actual power is required to create this battery? Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. And that's what, frankly, is holding. It's like a shell game going on here, right. in my opinion. And it's not just the power required to make them. It's also the rare earth minerals uh, that the world is running out of that have to be included in them. Uh, and there's only a couple of places where you can get some of them, and uh, they're becoming more and more expensive. The reality is that, and so this is this current battery technology is the same technology essentially that we've used for over a century now. Uh, it hadn't really changed. You know, we haven't had a sea change in that particular technology, and that's what really is holding back not just electric vehicles, but also wind and solar power because we don't have a scalable battery storage system where you can store excess power that's generated by wind and solar arrays. And so until you have a a sea change, an event, a, a, a complete paradigm change in that battery storage technology to a completely new technology that is affordable and scalable, you know, it, it, you know, so that it can create, it can displace actual coal plants and things like that. Massive, you know, uh, power generation, generating facilities. Until that happens, these renewables and electric vehicles are going to be boutique fuel sources. They're going to be marginal. Uh, I mean, think about it. We've we've invested hundreds of billions of dollars in subsidies for wind and solar over the last 20 years in the U.S. And, and, and in Europe. And 20 years ago, they generated about 1% of our total power usage in, in the free world. 20 years later, after all these hundreds of billions of dollars in investments and subsidies, they still generate only about 2%. Well, I mean, it, you, you see all these stories about all this massive growth, but in reality is, uh, that demand for power is just outpacing that growth. And so their percentage of total generation and supply just doesn't really grow much. 
So, and it's all just due to the limitations of the battery technology. And that's putting it nicely because I think one of the things that is upsetting to me is the miscommunication that is disseminated when you look at electric cars and how much it takes of power to create one. So when you drive around because you think that this is a great car for the environment and uh, you're doing your part, and, and, and I appreciate that, you know, we should all be in that mindset, but at the same time, it's not really accomplishing that. And uh, it, it really does not do what you think it's doing to have an electric car, except if it makes you feel good, okay, but you're not really hitting the mark. And that's why I kind of referred earlier about it almost seems like it's a shell game that like, oh, look under this one here, you've got this beautiful car and it's energy efficient and it's, well, no, not so fast because it, 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 it requires a lot of power to create this greener technology car and and if that makes you feel good great but it's not really what it is is, is my well point. and the drivers most of them don't understand that in texas for example when you recharge your battery 80 percent of that electricity you're using to recharge it or really more than 80 percent is supplied by coal power and natural gas powered power plants okay it's not supplied by wind and solar power <laughs> or a very small portion of it is but people don't understand that, and you can't really, uh, so many people, you can't even talk to about it. So it's it's kind of sad. Right. Well, I do want to get on topic uh, pertaining to uh, crude oil and natural gas exports. Um, Drilling Info had a report this week projecting that America's crude oil export would double, double by 2020 and triple by 2025. What's going to happen? Well, it, yeah, you know, it's, it's an interesting dynamic we have going here. Uh, yeah, our, our U.S. production, domestic production, is just growing by leaps and bounds, mainly in the Permian Basin, but really in these other basins as well. Uh, it's growing uh, just last month. It grew by more than 240,000 barrels per day in a single month, and we've added three-quarters of a million barrels a day to U.S. production just in the last eight months. So it's it's a very rapid growth, and that growth is going to continue at least through 2025, and I think probably longer than that. At the same time, we have a limitation on the amount of refining capacity we have in the country that is able, that is built to refine this light, sweet grade of crude oil that's being produced out of these shell plays, uh, the Eagle Ford, the Bakken, and, you know, all these shell plays around the country and in the Permian Basin. It's all this light, sweet crude. Well, these refineries their equipment was set up mainly to refine heavy grades of crude coming in from Canada and Venezuela, which is collapsing, and, and other countries around the world. And so uh, a lot of these refineries are simply not set up to refine this light, sweet crude. So when you produce it, it's got to go somewhere to be refined. And right now, you know, for a lot of this oil coming out of these basins, it's going to get put on a ship and shipped somewhere else that is set up to refine this grade of crude. And uh, and that's why it's growing. Uh, that's why these exports are growing so fast. Well, and you think about it, what, just not even five years ago, we were not allowed to export. And now it's just tripling, doubling and tripling. And uh, it's heading, uh, our crude is heading all over the world. Yeah, we're the seventh largest exporting country right now already. Thank goodness that ban was lifted. You know, it's really helping with our economy as well. But with that, David, we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Wall Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. 
The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Oil Field Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And our guest today is David Blackman, who is the editor of Shell Magazine. And David, before the break, we were talking about the crude ban and how it was lifted a couple of years back and how now exports. Yeah, now it's doubling and it's tripling the amount that we're exporting of this crude oil, which is a great thing for the United States. Where is most of this oil being exported from? Well, it's, it's all great news for the Port of Corpus Christi because uh, more than half of the exports today go out of Port of Corpus Christi and uh, uh, drilling info. Uh, and, you know, uh, I think they probably are as smart as anybody on this. They think that's going to continue, that Corpus Christi will continue to be the focus of maybe even the majority of our exports over the next seven years, even as they double and triple. Um, that obviously assumes that you know, the port is going to be able to complete the dredging project, the deepening of the main channel there that, uh, unfortunately, Congress has been negligent in funding. But uh, as, you know, we all heard a couple of months ago, the port for the first time in its history, I think almost 100-year history, uh, approved taking on debt in order to kickstart that project. And so hopefully Congress will live up to its obligations here soon and relieve them of that burden. But uh, you have to hand it to Sean Strawbridge and John LaRue and those folks down there. They don't just sit around and wait for other people to get things done. They take action and it's amazing. I couldn't agree with you more. So David, let's move on to natural gas. Um, We're already a big exporting country, but a report coming out from Drilling Info also says that the United States is going to become one of the biggest exporters of that product in the world soon. So what is going on in the area of natural gas and will the price of natural gas increase? Yeah, well, so. (laughs) That's two questions in uh, one. (laughs) Yeah, no, but it's two good questions. Uh, uh, Just to answer the second one first, no, I don't think so, not anytime soon, but but we'll go into more detail about that. Uh, The reason our exports are increasing is, again, it's a matter of just, amazing abundance of natural gas, first of all. 
again, focused in these shell plays like the Eagle Four. The Eagle Four, you know, everybody looks at the Eagle Four as this massive oil play, which it is. But the, when you look at terms of just reserves in the ground, the Eagle Ford ultimately is going to become one of the biggest natural gas producing formations in world history by the time all, all is said and done. It's just a, it has a gigantic reserve of natural gas, and that's true in the Permian Basin as well. People don't realize Permian Basin is the second largest natural gas producing basin in the country behind just the Marcellus Shell. And all that gas is coming out of these oil wells. You know, it's associated gas coming up up out of the hole with the crude oil. So we have just this amazing abundance of natural gas, uh, and we have not enough demand domestically to use it all, in spite of this amazing boom in manufacturing and all these coal plants converting to natural gas over the last decade. Uh, we still have so much more supply than demand can really use in this country that we have to have another outlet for it. And so, thank God, the technology's there and, and we have risk takers willing to risk the investments to build these these LNG export facilities like Chenier, uh, Chenier Sabine Pass, and the new one they're building in Corpus Christi and others that are being built, Cove Point up in Massachusetts uh, is, is about to open. And over the next four years, we're going to have 11 other additional export terminals open up around the country. So that's going to result in a massive growth in LNG exports. And uh, that's going to make us, by the year 2022, Journal Info thinks it's going to make us one of the very biggest exporters of natural gas on the face of the earth. And so we're just becoming this huge energy exporting superpower. And uh, it's just a tremendous uh, driver of economic growth right now for our country. That's interesting, David. But with that, we do have to take a quick break. When we return, I want to talk about the United States designation as a net exporter. And what is that? But we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. American Wounded Heroes invites you to participate in our 11th Annual Golf Classic on August 6th, hosted at the Dominion Country Club at One Dominion Drive in San Antonio, Texas. The mission of the American Wounded Heroes Golf Classic is to significantly enhance and brighten the lives of our American Wounded Heroes and first responders. So come play some golf with us. You can participate as a golfer or sponsor a hero for $150 per person. Multiple corporate sponsorships are still available, but they're selling out fast. So please visit AmericanWoundedHeroesGolfClassic.com. Again, that's AmericanWoundedHeroesGolfClassic.com for more details. You can also contact J.D. Damien at 210-381-7492. Again, that's 210-381-7492. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side -side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three- and six-person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. 
Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study. Be sure to join Shell Magazine for their third annual State of Energy Luncheon in Corpus Christi, Texas on August 29, 2018. If you want to learn more about the state of the energy industry, this is a luncheon that you don't want to miss. So join us in Corpus Christi on August 29, 2018 from 1130 to 1. For more information, go to shale, Again, that's shale, Sponsorship and tickets are now available. Once again, go to shale, Hope to see you there. From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double drop gravity fed discharge system is trailer mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800-231-8198. Again, that number is 800-231-8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. Welcome back to In the Old Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine. And David, we were before the break discussing the topic of natural gas. And the report that Drilling Info released also stated that the United States had become a net exporter in the area of natural gas in early 2017. But I'm not really sure if our listeners understand what net exporter of natural gas really means. Can you cover that or get us familiar with that term? Sure. Yeah, and the report does a good job of explaining it. Um, so it, it, it just means that we're exporting more natural gas now than we are importing from other countries, mainly Canada, uh, through pipelines coming through our northern border. We've always imported quite a bit of natural gas across the northern border with Canada uh, through various pipelines coming into the country. And we also export quite a bit of natural gas through pipelines to both Canada and Mexico. But in Prior to February 17, we were always importing more natural gas than we were exporting. And as of that date, coming forward, we are now exporting more than we're importing. So that's all that means. And, you know, it's a good thing. It's a positive thing because it reduces our trade deficit, uh, which has, you know, been a a chronic problem for our country for many years. Well, you would think it's a good thing, but I've also heard that activists claim that exporting oil and gas is a bad thing because it cost local state and government's tax money and that would if they weren't we weren't exporting they would be able to collect the production if it stayed here in our country so is that accurate no that's not accurate at all uh no all the gas is is taxed when it's produced okay we have a severance tax when, when the oil and gas is produced and even before it's produced it's taxed by local taxing jurisdictions on on property taxes you know the value of the gas and oil in the ground gets taxed every year uh, by these local districts. And then, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, companies that produce it pay income tax, but they're they're going to pay income tax on whatever they get for the product, whether it's used in the United States or whether it's used in some other country. They're, the income's going to be what it is, and they'll pay an income tax on it. So that's just 
that's a fallacy. I've heard that too. It is just nonsense. Well, I want to change gears just a little bit because right now it's buzzing. These uh, buzzword is the tariffs, the tariffs on steel. You know, um, President Trump recently explained his steel and aluminum import tariffs that was going to include Canada and Mexico. Uh, and this comes right in addition to China and other countries whose steel was already being covered in these tariffs. Now that oil and gas uses so much steel, is this going to impact those companies and their bottom line because it's already lean as it is? Sure, yes, it is. I mean, it's going to increase, at least for the time being, the cost of steel uh, to some extent. I mean, we produce a lot of steel in the United States and you know, some companies will be able to renegotiate contracts and, and use more domestic steel rather than import it. Uh, but, but yes, overall, it's going to uh, really have an impact on the industry's bottom line because everything we do in the oil and gas industry, we use steel. All the pipelines and the processing plants and the, you know, the oil rigs are made out of steel, your automobiles, on and on and on. But what I'll say about this is I think what you're going to see is these tariffs on China, on, on Canada, on Mexico, on this steel are going to be a pretty temporary short-term thing. This is a negotiation. These are ongoing negotiations on that. And that is President Trump. Right. <laughs> the art of the deal. And, and everybody has to remember Donald Trump promised to renegotiate all of these trade deals and get a better deal for the United States. And so Canada and Mexico are still negotiating with the United States over NAFTA. China's still negotiating on our trade deal with them. China's already begun making concessions. I think Canada and Mexico will start making some concessions. And several months from now, you're probably going to see uh, a new NAFTA deal uh, come about and these tariffs get rescinded. Uh, but for, for the time being, as long as they're in place, yes, they, they, it's definitely raising costs for oil producers and for pipeline companies and for refiners and everybody in the industry because the industry relies, this is the most steel reliant industry on the face of the earth. So it, it is a, a significant cost driver. And it is a necessary evil. I mean, we had to come to some kind of a change because it was not in our favor to continue to do business this way. So pretty much just like working out, right? When you've got to go through some pain to see the gain and it's going to be the same for us as well as Mexico and Canada and China. So uh, looking forward to seeing it get back to normal, but in a much better outcome in the future for us anyway. Um, let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk about um, Permian Basin. You know, one of my favorite shell plays because there's just so much action going on out there. Uh, it's uh, Definitely the the reverse of what Eagle Ford was a couple of years back. Now it's go, 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 Permian Basin. Um, what? Th so they're having all kinds of shortages, right? Sand shortage, power shortages, uh, and, and, and labor shortages. I mean, we literally were at one of our conferences that we attend, and um, the companies that were there were literally, their employees were being solicited to go to work for a dollar higher. I mean, we witnessed this. It is the Wild West out there in trying to find anyone to work in that area because there's a lot of things they have to overcome uh, being in Permian Basin. Is it worth it? Most definitely. But in my opinion, there's a lot of uh, hurdles that somebody has to go through in some ways to live um, in the Permian Basin. And so when we return from 
break, David, I want to get on the topic of what are some of the obstacles that somebody has to go through to live in the Permian Basin to get a job out there and what are their labor shortages like? But we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show and we'll be right back. Have you heard of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, the largest state association in the country? 87 years strong serving independents, and it's right here in Texas. Offices in Houston, Austin, and Wichita Falls. Over 3,000 members of all ages like you who are in the oil and gas industry or who have family members and friends who are. Company members range from one employee to large independents lobbying, networking events, and saving you money. For a membership tailored just to fit your budget, contact Sandy Simon at sandis at texasalliance.org or call 281-997-7223. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. Hi, I'm Kim Pilato, host of In the Oil Patch Radio Show and president of Future of the Region South Texas. And I'd like to encourage you to join me on September 12th through the 14th at the Texas A&M International University in Laredo, Texas at the Student Center, where we will be discussing some of the most important regional topics for South Texas. The future of the region includes you. Help support the future of the region by shaping your thoughts with other local experts on innovative solutions to challenging regional issues. Help shape the future of the region by sharing your thoughts with other local experts on innovative solutions to challenging regional issues. We encourage you to join us September 12th through the 14th in beautiful Laredo, Texas at the Texas A&M International University Student Center. To learn more about this amazing organization or to purchase a ticket to attend the event, please visit futureregionstx.org. Again, that's futureregionstx.org. And you're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine. David, I I, I was talking about the Permian Basin because we were there just two weeks ago for a conference. And, uh, you know, we received a text, hey, uh, you probably enjoy your job, but if you don't, we would be happy to interview you today. This went out to everybody at this conference. Uh, and, and and also the Dallas Morning News uh, said that uh, many workers in the Permian Basin are getting a 100% raise to go to work out there in the oil and gas industry, which is great for them. But yeah. the, what's the downside? Uh, you know, other businesses probably can't keep up with that amount. 
Um, and I think that they're having a hard time finding uh, employees. And I would think that it would be kind of like Eagle Ford, where they're having a hard time even finding people to work in their restaurants and hotels because they're not paying. These are not high paying jobs. And so they can go to work <laughs> in the oil and gas industry and uh, make a whole lot more money. What what are the labor shortages in Permian Basin and what are they looking at? Yeah. Well, and, you know, and of course, we go through this in every major shale boom, right? I mean, we went through it in the Bakken a decade ago, and there's been movies made about it, TV shows made about, you know, all these workers coming in from all over the country. Uh, Before that, it was the Marcellus region in Pennsylvania, all the pickup trucks with Texas license plates and workers coming in from Texas and Oklahoma. Well, I bet you they love that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, and remember in the Eagle Ford Shell, I'll never forget, I went down to a conference uh, down in uh, Three Rivers one day uh, to a meeting of county judges, and there was a fellow in there who who ran the local subway store there in Three Rivers, who was literally having to send a van every morning to San Antonio to pick up workers to bring them back to Three Rivers to staff his subway shop, his subway sandwich shop, because all his other workers had gone to work for twice the money, you know, in the oil patch, in the oil field. And and that's exactly what's taking place in the Permian Basin now. Uh, you know, the people who run the local McDonald's want to pay their folks 10 or $11 an hour. And my goodness, you know, they can go to work in the oil field for $30 an hour. So what are they going to do? They're going to go get a job, you know, working in the oil field if, if they're physically capable and qualified. And, and that is just something that becomes an issue in every new shale boom. And it, you know, it causes a lot of, of, of tightness in the labor supply. It causes a lot of angst uh, with other businesses and with city leaders who, you know, they're, they're trying to run a town, trying to keep, you know, have grocery stores that have groceries on the shelves, you know. And, and so it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a good problem to have because it's a problem that's uh, built on extremely rapid economic growth that's brought by the industry, but it's still a problem. You know, I I feel confident that if there's any shell play that kind of knows the history, it's going to be Permian Basin. And a lot of the uh, growing pains of the Eagle Ford and the Bakken, um, they actually have learned from it. And so what hopefully we will not see out there is an abundance of, yes, they need housing, but uh, not overbuilding of housing and hotels like we saw in Eagle Ford. And um, and that was a, a difficult thing to see that they were a lot of people who went out there and, and built a lot of uh, thinking this was going to be, you know, at $100 a barrel for 20 years or longer. And uh, it, it didn't quite work out that way. And so um, I think that the Permian Basin, they know this because they've always had oil and gas in their city. So I don't think that we will see a repeat of a lot of the history, a lot of the lessons that Eagle Ford Shale learned. I think they're going to be the benefactor of, of yeah. it. And with that, I want to thank you for being a guest today. Look forward to catching up with you next week when we'll talk a little bit about energy and politics. Great. I'll be looking forward to it. Thanks, David, for being a guest today on our show. And congratulations because you are going to be the topic of today's trivia question. Be the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shellmag.com and win yourself a two-night stay at the beautiful Omni Hotel in Corpus Christi, Texas. Today's trivia question is, what is David Blackman's title at Shell Magazine? 
Remember to be the first person to email the correct answer to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com and win yourself a two-night stay at the Omni Hotel in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. I'd like to encourage our listeners, if you have a question, we are here to answer it. If you have a question, no matter how simple or how difficult you think it might be, please email us at radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shellmag.com. And we will have our resident energy expert, David Blackman, answer it for you. But that is all the time we have for this show. Please be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch radio show. And follow us on Twitter at shellmag. And also be sure to go to shellmag.com and sign up for our free newsletter. With that, you will receive the latest issue of Shell Magazine, insightful articles, the Energy Minute, as well as many, many business articles as well. That's going to wrap up another great show. We'll see you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews. Until then, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Mulatto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.